0: faithful and welcome to the game cola podcast this is podcast number one hundred and twenty-three, one two three. that's those are numbers that are in order sometimes and i'm your host and podcast commander joseph martin joined by
1: hi my name is diana gray game cola.net's resident fangirl and a rather lazy editor and i haven't been on the podcast in forever i missed you guys
0: yeah it's good to have you back we also have
2: I mean, i'm you, uh Social media trash queen and staff
0: writer sometimes. I do think. <laughs> and it's good to ha it's good to have the gang back together again. <laughs> Diana, yeah, it's been a while. You've been in Japan.
1: I have. I yes. Japan and Korea. I've been been gone for a bit. It was great. Now I'm back and I'm sad. I would like to go back.
0: Did any video games happen while you were in Japan and Korea?
1: Uh video games did happen. We went to several arcades, we played a lot of Crane games, lost a lot of Crane games, uh, and uh, went shopping for a lot of video game related items, so that was pretty fun.
0: Went shopping for a lot of Crane games!
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we didn't buy any, we also didn't win anything from the Crane games. We tried to win a Magikarp plushie for about 15 minutes and didn't win it, betrayed.
0: Tragic. So, well, one of the things that we want to talk about today, the talk of the town with everyone except me, apparently, because I haven't played it, but apparently everybody else has, is the Traveling Octopus game. From uh, <laughs> Yeah, I got it in one. You got it. Good job. You got it. Good job. <laughs> Octopath Traveler. The game where they gave it a test name, and then everybody knew it by the test name, and so they had to keep calling it Octopath Traveler. Because if they changed the name. Yeah, no, it was it, when it was announced, it was announced as a working title. Oh, and then well, I didn't even know that. It got it got so popular by that working title that this part is based on me observing the fact that they changed it from working title to actual title. I didn't even but, know that my understanding would be that everybody knew it by the working title and like well we can't change it because then people won't know it's the same game so they just got stuck <laughs> with octopath traveler which is just a really literal description of the game
1: it, it really is i'm okay with that i like the name Yeah, i'm, I'm okay with it too
0: i'm playing it right now
1: <laughs> right now
0: in true game cola fashion uh playing <laughs> game during the podcast um. why doesn't someone who's actually played the video game give a description of it for people who I guess the other two people in the universe who are unfamiliar with Octopath Traveler
1: uh, Anna I'll let you do the honors because I believe that you are farther into the game than I am
0: I am on <laughs> I feel just sorry to interrupt but I feel like we're like and now to Anna in the field of Octopath, <laughs> Traveler. Octopath Traveler currently, right now <laughs> Um, uh, is, Anna, what do we what do we have going down uh, on the ground out there? It is a turn based
2: RPG where you pick at first you pick one protagonist to play as, and you go around and collect the other protagonists, and then adventure around for a bit, following eight different stories. It's really really fun, in my opinion. I haven't played a really really good RPG in a while. Uh, the last one that I really liked was Earthbound, so... It's been a while. Uh, it's uh, It's been about a year <laughs> since I played that, so... I didn't play Final Fantasy at all, like, ever, but it's, like, it's by Square Enix, so it's, I'm guessing, heavily based on
0: that system.
2: Yeah, I can't
1: um, confirm or deny that, because I've also never played Final Fantasy, so...
0: From what I've gathered, it's, like, there's lots of, like... You know, mechanical ideas that are sort of mixed and matched and incorporated. Like, um, there's jobs and stuff, right? Yeah. Like you can, yeah. So like that's very that's something that was like very Final Fantasy at a time. I think I think it's borrowing a lot from like uh, NES SNES, which people always get upset when I say NES and then SNES, <laughs> NES and SNES. Um, <laughs> days of the Final Fantasy RPGs. So like sort of older mechanics that are well liked um, but probably don't make it into the more like cinematic driven modern Final Fantasy games but this game is very narrative I mean most RPGs are but this one is also like the narrative and the like eight paths um the the octopaths if you will uh, <laughs> are like sort of the main selling point of the game is this eight stories that come that you sort of switch between and you go in and out of and you experience like eight for the price of one right like that's sort of like the the narrative thesis uh how does that how does that come out in actual gameplay does it is it sort of like you just do one and then you do the other or they intermingle or how does it how does it work
1: the way i understood it was um i mean i had only completed everyone's chapter one so i've recruited everyone officially. And um, the way I understand it is just you you pick one person to start with and then you can kind of loop your way around the initial starting area that they give you and pick up everyone else. But you can do it in any order that you want, which is kind of cool. So like I worked my way up one side first and then worked my way back around to get everyone else. But then yeah, I think it's obvious that you're kind of meant to get everybody first and then move on to people's chapter twos because you can see the diff- the like the level spike. They give you like recommended levels, like you shouldn't take on this chapter until you're level twenty five or something. And you
2: should definitely follow those suggestions.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna have a lot of grinding to do.
2: Yeah, don't fast travel
1: because I'm not remotely close to the levels where I should be at to take on anyone's level two or chapter two. So uh, I'm gonna need to do some grinding and then you can do things in any order that you want but the level caps are higher for like for example the character that I recruited last their level two recommended level is higher than the one for the character that I recom that I got first so I think you're kind of meant to do it in the order that you you recruit them but it's not like a set guideline like you could go and grind and do whoever you wanted, really. But I'm gonna just keep doing it in order, because I'm lazy. <laughs> and I hate grinding. But I really enjoy the- I- I'm really enjoying the game. I like it a lot, and it's pretty addicting.
2: Oh yeah, definitely.
1: Music is great. Character design is fun. Cyrus it's is really day. pretty. I mean, <laughs>
2: Cyrus is day. Very true.
1: <laughs> who did you- Anna, who did you start with?
2: Oh, uh, Therion. The thief. Ah, uh, that
1: was why you wanted me to go for him first. Well
2: yeah. Um I just like thief characters. Uh, what? Really, <laughs> Anna?
0: I had no idea Whoa. that that was a thing that Revelation. you liked. Oh my goodness. Like, it all makes their Twitter, it all makes sense now.
1: Plus we've <laughs> all played D <D&D> and D with Anna. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes. Um I I have a soft spot for Rhodes. Um <laughs>
1: Well, okay, I mean, to be fair, I started with Primrose because she reminded me of my D&D characters, so there you go.
2: Yeah, I was gonna say, you have nerve (laughs) to No. No, Primrose is great, though. I love her.
1: I think it- I haven't seen- so, what I've seen, and I- this isn't- it's not a spoiler, but it's a spoiler for me because I don't know about it. What I've seen is that once you get a bit farther into the game- the characters actually interact with each other.
2: They do. Starting, like, uh, everyone's chapter twos, like, they start interacting okay, with Okay, because I haven't
1: seen that yet, but I saw some screenshots on Twitter.
2: Mm-hmm. Depending on who you have in your party, they'll have conversations. Oh,
1: yes. I live And I'm
2: it's so good. I like Ophelia, too. She's adorable.
1: I, I picked her up near the end. I did her and um, Hanit? Hanit, yeah. I did them last, but, um, I think it's just fun how... A turn-based RPG like this can give you so much freedom uh, in choosing characters, forming your party, and then which path you decide to go, for lack of better terminology, I suppose.
0: Which octopath?
1: (laughs) Stop that. Um, (laughs) And I really enjoy it. I bought it the day after I came back from Japan because I have no impulse control. And I wasn't broken up apparently.
2: Dude, same. Uh, I was I was at GameStop with uh, my boyfriend, and he and the sales guy were talking, and I got really bored, and so I just went up to the counter. I was like, I'm getting this today.
1: Yay!
2: And she and the lady was just like, So what are they talking about? I'm like, They started off talking about this game, and then they just went off something else. I don't know.
1: I had to go to two different GameStops to find it. Really?
2: So
1: I just went to my usual one, and they were like, Yeah, we don't have it. And I was like, Oh. trade.
2: That's awesome, but also... Yeah,
1: I I mean, I guess that means it's really popular, so that's cool. Maybe they'll see a resurgence in the classic turn-based RPG style if they see that a lot of people like this, but who knows?
0: Well, It's also good, just in general, for the Switch to have a really strong third-party game. Oh, yeah, does really well because the Switch has had a lot of success. Like, I don't think anyone would argue that it hasn't. But it's also been mostly with its first-party titles. It's had one of its most critically acclaimed Zelda games in years. It's had one of its most critically acclaimed Mario games in years. Um, other ones. Other things that you could say about the Nintendo Switch. Um I think it's sold pretty well. I think it's like Oh yeah. It's oh, not it's, it's nothing like it's nothing like DS or Wii sales, but it's like way better than Wii U sales. Oh yeah. Yes. It's
1: um, it sold more than Wii U pretty quickly,
0: I believe. Yeah, and it's doing it's doing at least average. Um and it's doing really well considering that we're still within the first year. But uh it hasn't really had until Octopath Traveler and we'll still it's still going to take a little time to see where that ends up landing but with octopath traveler it seems like it's going the way of now we've got this solid 30 party title and there will at least encourage some people to be like okay you can make a successful game on the switch if you're not nintendo how are we going to do and so it's something that's possible as opposed to the Wii U where like even if you made a really good game you probably weren't going to have a lot of success just because of the buy in And pretty much the only games that people bought for the Wii U, for a lot of the most part, were just the console-exclusive Nintendo games, yeah, like Smash Brothers and Mario Kart at the time. So, uh, it's very good. Octopath Traveler is very good for the Switch in general, in addition to being a good video game, as I have heard.
1: And actually, it's kind of funny. I saw Octopath Traveler being advertised in Japan a lot, uh, as well. It, I saw like many advertisements for it, like on the trains and stuff, while we were riding, and that was kind of what pushed me to get it, <laughs> because I kept seeing the advertisements on the trains, and I was like, "Dang it, I want this game real bad," but I can't buy <laughs> well, it in Japan because I can't play
2: it.
0: Well, like honestly, like I wasn't really interested in. Like I was, I was, I hoped it was successful because I knew it was a lot of the game that a lot of people would like that kind of game. But usually, like that kind of RPG. I'm not as much into, but based on what I've heard and like how much people like it, I might get into it. Cause like one of the things that I like in my video games is the flexibility, right? Mega man. Oh all yeah. The way.
1: You're going to love it. <laughs> and, then.
0: You know, having eight different paths that you can choose in any order. Hmm. I wonder what that reminds me of. <laughs> um, so that, so, but like being able to like choose and like the whole point of the game is that like, you, there's not one way to do it. Um, what will need to sell me, and maybe you guys can do this for me, mm. is, like, the actual battling mechanics, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what is different than just press A, attack, press A, attack? Like, what, where does the strategy come in for boss fights and regular encounters? What does this game bring to the table that another RPG might not?
1: It It is a little bit difficult to explain, I yeah. would say.
2: Everyone has, like... It's like a d and d party where everyone has different skills uh, everyone has different weapons depending on what their job is and um, the apothecary who I have in my party right now actually has a thing called concoct where there are things that you pick up throughout the world like some seeds and dust and stuff and you can combine it to get different excuse me different reactions some of them aren't too exciting it's really just used to kind of to to weaken the enemies which that's another thing. They have like shields up. If you find what they're weak to, like what element or what weapon, uh, you can break down the shield. And if you break them down to no shield, they are dazed for like the next round. So they don't attack you at all. You can also find shrines. Uh, I don't know if you've gone to that at all, Diana, but um, nope. You find shrines and you can actually have. Other party members take different, take on different jobs. So, like, if I, I, the first one I found was like the shrine for the cleric, where you can find, and the cleric shrine go in, and the god's just like, here you go. No, it it was somebody else. I don't know. Anyway, here you go. Uh, you can do this for, for another character now. And if you give another job to another character, they will have their original, weapons and magic and skills plus whatever this other job is. So, like, I got the... I lied, I didn't get the cleric one first. I got the scholar one first. So I gave that immediately to Primrose.
1: Oh, my boy.
2: The dancer, so she could do her buffing moves as well as magic. Then I found the cleric. I was able to do that. I was able to give the cleric powers to uh the apothecary so he could do all the heals. And, um, it's really fun actually and it helps with um not having certain party members like you can only have four there at a time Uh, so if you have to leave someone behind you can give their job if you have it to someone else who's actually in the party you can't get rid of your first uh, protagonist until you finish their entire story
1: okay that was something i was wondering thank you for letting me know that
2: Yeah, I was trying to, like, put Therion Therion in the uh, inn one time, or, like, the tavern or something, and it's like, nope, and I was like, oh, okay. I'm
1: like, excuse me, I'm trying to level everyone else, Primrose, you're fine, get out (laughs) of (laughs) here.
2: You are level 8 million, please.
1: But yeah, I was, when I first got the game, or, like, when I first heard about it, too, I was really worried that the battle system was going to be, like, Bravely Default, which was not some, I, I did not like it, but it wasn't really my thing. And it is a little bit like that, but for me this this system is more intuitive um than that was. I don't know why, but it it I feel like the battle system really works, except my problem is I'm addicted to like trying everything on every enemy to see to get all of its weaknesses yep. instead of like actually killing things um and that gets me into trouble sometimes, especially when. I know that it's just because I don't have a certain weapon in my party at that point. Like I don't have someone who can wield an axe. And I know that's probably what the last thing is. But my mind keeps telling me, better keep trying things even though you've already tried them.
0: If only I knew what this tree was weak to. (laughs) This tree based what What kind of weapon would be Yeah, sometimes it's a little like obvious. Other
2: times it's like I have no idea what you're supposed to be weak to. I
1: generally just set everything on fire and hope that it works.
0: Oh yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah, it would, would, right? That would
0: also work for the tree, to be fair. But
1: I, yeah, I mean, I think the battle system is pretty easy to pick up and really intuitive, so I would recommend it for that, yeah.
2: I'm having a great time fighting 8 million of these things.
1: (laughs) I'm not looking forward to grinding though. (laughs) Although now I'm gonna have to go look for those freaking shrines. I
2: guess. Um, yeah, if, usually you'll find them in like big open, like you'll understand when you see it, but there are these big open spaces. Like you kind of have to wander around. They'll, they'll also be on the map. Like you'll see it on the map. You can just go in that direction. Yeah. It's either gonna be a cave or it's a, uh, or it's a shrine.
1: Alright. I've been wondering what those things are. I guess I'm gonna have to go look at them. But, um, and I also think the characters are just really fun.
2: I was afraid that I was gonna go into this, like, thinking that I was gonna like so and so way more than I like so and so. But I actually really like them all equally. Me
1: too. They're all fun. Except Cyrus is the best. Because he's basically kind of me.
2: (laughs) Well Cyrus is good. Cyrus is a good.
1: He's my type, so there we go. Sorry. (laughs) Not sorry.
0: Well, now it's my turn to talk about things that I like. I gave you guys your shot. And now it's it's back to it's back to me. I have the power to tell you about what else, but Mega Man. What? Um, what?
1: Do you like Mega
2: Man?
0: <laughs> I never knew this about you, Joe. Please, I do. Tell us more. I I try to keep it. I try to keep it under wraps. I try yeah. to. I try to keep it under wraps. You know.
2: Next, you're gonna say that Diana really likes Ace Attorney, and I just I don't know if I How can handle that. How did you that.
1: know this about me? Oh
2: my god. <laughs> This is just
0: the part where we roast each other.
1: Okay, I'm sorry. Joe, tell us about Mega Man.
0: <laughs> so, the Mega Man TV show. I've talked about it on and off uh, since I started running the podcast. Since I got to be in control of what we talked about. And you'll be happy to know that it's finally come to fruition. The show uh, will be will have its first episodes aired before this podcast comes out. I think the day before this podcast comes out. The 5th. Uh, with all the episodes being released digitally, all of like these next this like set of five um being released digitally on the Cartoon Network app on the third. So I will have watched them by the time this podcast comes out, but they have shown some like extended clips of a couple of episodes, one where he's fighting Fireman and one where he's Mega Man is fighting Drill Man. And so we have sort of a preliminary look at uh what the Mega Man show is gonna be like.
1: And what do you think?
0: Um, I'm still hopeful. <laughs> there's there's parts where there's definitely some room to grow, but I don't think it's a deal breaker in any respect. I will say that I've enjoyed watching the sort of combat oriented sections that they've shown. So um the the fight with Drill Man and the fight with Fireman uh have been pretty interesting. And I like, one of the things that I like that they did was like, so the whole thing is Mega Man can copy a power, right? But usually you can only in the games, he only copies a power after he defeats an enemy. But that's boring to watch on TV. So they have a system where he copies the ability while he's fighting Ooh. them. But to offset the balance of that, it seems like the general theme is that each ability is going to have some sort of complication that makes it so that he can't just use it right out of the gate. The one with Fireman is that he has trouble controlling his temper, and that's sort of like the moral of the story. Ah, um, I and see. And when they get to that part, it's a little cheesy, <laughs> a little too cheesy for my taste. It's for like, kids. There's, it yeah. So like, it's it's fine. Um, the Drillman one is like his body just like starts randomly spinning. Oh, that um, seems like a problem. And yes. And, like, that's interesting. Like, I like the idea that there's, like, this cost and he has to, like, figure out how to use it. And then presumably going forward from there, there's still a cost, but, like, it's it's not as prominent as the first time he tries to use it. I think that's really interesting. The I will say that, like, the powers malfunctioning at school, because he's got a secret identity where he goes to school. And that's pretty much all I know about outside of the fighting. It's not clear at all. There's a Dr. Light. There's a Dr. Light, but... It seems like he didn't make Mega Man. So I don't know what's up with that. Because um, like he, he, he talks to... There's only one clip where he actually like talks to the Dr. Light. I don't even know if he's called Dr. Light. He looks like Dr. Light, though. And he talks to him like he doesn't know who he is. Hmm. Or like they don't know each other. Like he Mega Man knows who Dr. Light is, but he talks to Dr. Light like he doesn't know who Mega Man is. Which is weird. So I don't know what's up with that. Hmm. There's also the little Mega Man in his head. That's a character. Um, hit or miss. Wait, what? That there's so there's this little Mega. We knew about. They, they talked about this before. There's a little Mega Man guy Sorry, in Mega the- Man's like head, like physically within his head. Kind of. It's it's sort of unclear as to like whether he's just because like sometimes he comes out of the head, but not to like do anything. I think, it's just supposed, I think it's just supposed to be, like, a visual representation of, like, how Mega Man perceives so it's this like little computer guy in his head. Kind of? Yeah. That's actually a weird but kind of thing. That's what I'm picturing. Thing. You know, Except in Lizzie McGuire, did they actually, like, talk to each other? Or were they just, no, like, random aside? No, I don't aside? think so. I don't no, Liz Lizzie never, McGuire, they,
1: right? they never talked to each other. No.
0: Right, they, these two characters like talk oh, to each other okay. and they have banter, right. huh. and that works. Like it definitely like makes it so that for one thing, it makes it so that the robots can be more intimidating because otherwise you have to banter with all of them. Like in the fight with Drill Man, Drill Man doesn't say anything, and because all the banter is saved for Mega Man and Mega Mini, I don't know if that's still what his name is. <laughs> um, I hope it is. Be- because all the banter is between them, they can still make Drill Man look sort of strong and imposing, which is supposed to be sort of the point of that scene. That's, um, that's good. So it works. Now the banter isn't always great, but I think it definitely feels like there's something there that could be worked into a solid dynamic. It may just take them a little while to hit it. Um, and again, like I haven't seen the full episodes. One of the main things is that I haven't seen. I've only seen the like you know the plot hooks, and I haven't seen any of the resolutions really. Okay. Um, that's based on what they've shown. What else? They've added two human side characters who have not gotten a lot of screen time at all. One of them is I'm pretty sure is a role stand-in, but they completely changed her design. Yeah, like the only cool. like I mean, what which is like but at the same time if you're going to do something different with the character, it's probably for the yeah, best okay, that true. you just sort that's of true. like reinvent... Yeah. like I don't think Dr. Wiley is in this. Uh. I think they made a different villain um who does have a pretty cool mustache oh. though. So like
1: That makes up for it. We'll then. see.
0: Um uh but it definitely seems like they're trying to like and it's it's good if they're going to try to do something different with the characters. It's probably a good idea to just have different characters, and that seems to be what they're going with. I will say, based on what we've seen of this female character, it doesn't seem like she's being used that differently than something role could have been used, except that she's a human. I think that I think that's true. I'm not a hundred percent sure. okay. The implication seems to be that she is human. But I do not have any proof. But they like seem to know each other and interact with each other. But I'm not sure. Maybe they're just both around. It's kind of confusing. And to be fair, it'll make more sense once the episodes are out. This is just an interesting time capsule, I guess, of what I know about the show before it comes out. Even though once all, a lot of this might be obsolete once, the, once you can actually just watch the episodes. Um, let me see if there's anything else that I can say that wouldn't be particularly obsolete. Oh, there's a guy... There's just a guy, I don't know what he did. he has done literally nothing. All I know is that they're friends with Mega Man, but the the guy has done actually nothing in the in the clips, so I can't say anything. Cool. To him. But the Royal masters look cool. I think the way, I think the mechanics of the world that they've set up um are interesting and will work, but it's really going to come down to if the writing can sort of hit its knowingly cheesy stride. Or if it can work on being more serious. It's definitely closer to the knowingly cheesy than it is to the serious. Which, I mean, again, Ruby Spears Mega Man was, like, maximum cheese. So, like, that's fine. Um, It just needs to sort of hit the, you know, it's a, a, there's, like, an uncanny valley balance of, like, so bad it's good humor. Like, where you're trying to be kind of campy on purpose, there's a delicate balance between that being entertaining and awkward. Yeah. And I think it does seem like it could hit that. Maybe not in these first couple episodes, but it does definitely seem like it's something that it could reach over time. And I think that's enough talking about Mega Man. If you have any questions for me, or any, I mean, you can ask other people too, but I don't think anybody else has seen these clips. just that's me, and
2: I'll give you no answers. Well, I'm
1: looking forward to your article.
0: Yeah, if you want to... I'll try to write an article about the episodes. Um, If you have any questions, I can try to address them in the article, or we can just chat it up on Twitter, honestly, if you really are curious what I think about it. But, um, why don't... Speaking of questions that you can ask the Cola podcast, uh, we have a little something we like to call Fan Man. Yay! Yay! And... Guess who's here to finally answer the question that's been on everyone's mind since at least April.
2: I'm <laughs> <Yep>. sorry.
0: <laughs> um. So back in April, uh, Ermam is a boss. We've been going through uh, Ermam's questions sort of periodically through the podcast. This was the last one that was sent in that big email um, from Ermam. Uh, I'm going to condense it because there's a lot of words in it. But I think we'll be able to get to the, the general point. So, the question from Armand reads, In a couple of weeks, Detroit Become Human, Quantic Dream's new video game is coming out. The game is out it now is. and has been for a little while. Um, Recently, the studio had reports coming out of allegations of sexist and racist behavior taking place in the workplace. David Cage, the studio founder, denied the reports, stating, You want to talk about homophobia? I work with Ellen Page, who fights for LGBT rights. You want to talk about racism? I work with Jesse Williams, who fights for civil rights in the United States. Judge my work. Uh, her mom says, so I will do just that. Here's a list. And then her mom lists several um extended examples of things that definitely seem to be in conflict with, hey, look at my video games. I'm very good at not being sexist and racist.
1: Which are all very good examples, might okay. I add.
0: Uh, I have not played... Any of the games in the example, so I can't say like how accurate they are, but according to Diana, they're pretty yeah. accurate. So I won't go through through all of them because it's a lot of words. But um, the the basic question that her mom asked is, uh, so yeah, how do you judge David Cage's work? And they also asked any plans of playing Detroit. Now knowing all this, has have you played Detroit,
1: Diana? I have not because I don't own a PS4, but I have watched. Okay. A full playthrough and also another like another group individually like separate from that playthrough started on um, the night it came out. um we were part of a live stream that I was in the chat for, and then I've read up on it just because I was curious um about what the reception and stuff was, and also. Um, I've read up on the endings because I wanted to know what changes if you do things differently than the person that I watched did. So, I know a fair bit.
0: And then, Anna, you've also seen some of the game.
1: I've
2: seen most of it. I didn't watch the very end.
0: Okay. And then, um, I've seen a lot less than both of them, but, uh, I've also, like, listened to a lot of people talk about the game. That the story of the game, aside from a lot of the larger criticisms of the game... The general story of the game just, like, isn't my jam, so I haven't been particularly invested in watching a playthrough of it. Um, so there's a lot to unpack in this situation. Luckily, we have Diana, who can bring a lot of helpful insight to this whole topic in general. Uh, we can start with the uh, the reports and allegations, um, because that actually uh, just recently uh sort of wrapped up i guess is a way you could say it. Yes. uh the the court made it the french court made a decision in favor of the employee basically i'm going to read off this is an article that i found on the website screenrant which i think should be at least the part i'm about to read should be just like a general idea um basically in france uh the, the this employee left the company because of what they thought was a what was it, it?
1: was it was because um they considered it to be a hostile workplace.
0: Yes, hostile. That's a good, that's a good... Um,
1: this is word. employment was... law, so I know a little <laughs> bit about this.
0: <laughs> so uh, there were employees were sharing uh, inappropriate Photoshopped images, um, and there was uh, sexist and homophobic language. And so the what basically happened was this person left the company, and if you, in France, if you leave a position because of because you feel like this kind of situation happened that you were victimized uh, the the work you left because of the work environment not meeting standards legal standards I don't know I don't know how to talk law <laughs> um, but uh, if, for, for this if you leave in a situation like this you can it's you can still file for unfair dismissal and it just sort of goes through that process. I'm sure Diana could tell you more about it than i can even if only a little bit but that's basically what happened and the employee won the case and so that's sort of where we are now with that i don't know if you have anything to add diana
1: uh i mean no i think that was a pretty good summary i'm not obviously familiar with french employment law so i can't i'm not sure how different it is from american employment law so i'm not gonna offer trying to offer any legal critiques of this case But, um, basically, I think that is the incident that this email is referring, like, one of the incidents that this email is referring to, like, sparking this whole controversy. Because this did come out fairly recently, and the case was only decided, I think, on the 27th of this past month of July. So, like, that's when it wrapped up, or, like, or was close to wrapping up. It's a pretty recent, um like, thing, but who knows? This is not the first time that Quantic Dream has been in court for this kind of situation, and it's not the first time that they've lost. So that's not really a good sign for them, I guess, is probably the only thing that needs to be said.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's not a- it's not a- it's- it's bad. Like, let's- I don't- I don't think we are saying anything particularly controversial and saying that this is a bad thing yes. for them to be doing a bad work environment. You'd hope that they would be fixing it. It does not seem like they have been. And that sort of leads into the conversation about, well, the games themselves are the games themselves also sort of insensitive in a, in the same sort of way, which is, I think a little bit more nebulous of a top. Like it's, I think it's pretty easy to come down and say, Hey, Sexual harassment in the workplace. That's a bad thing. Saying whether a piece of art is that. Again, and this is speaking as someone who hasn't played any of these games, so maybe it is more black and white than I am imagining, but I feel like that's harder to come down and say, this is bad, or this is good, because it's, it's wishy-washy, weird. Like, does this represent something? Or, duh, 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 duh. And I'm rambling, so someone else should start talking.
1: I mean, what I think is... I mean, it's, it's obviously, I mean, you just said it. it's a complicated issue. What I would be inclined to think is that based on stuff that I heard about the development of Beyond Two Souls regarding the mocap and stuff, or especially because the game obviously starred Ellen Page, and for those of you who have played it, um, there are at least two shower scenes that I could think of off the top of my head. So obviously those were mo-capped somehow. And I heard, I, this is not substantiated, and I don't remember where I read this at the time, but someone I was watching a playthrough of mentioned it, and I remember looking it up at the time, but this was a while back. So I don't um, remember where I read this or anything, but that there was some possibly unscrupulous stuff going on with that footage, uh, maybe. So that's, that's, I think, a little bit more directly linked to production of a game that would make mm-hmm. a situation like this be linked to a game and possibly, you know, make people turned off from a game based on what was going on in the work environment at the time. Now, looking at something like this, in, you know, possibly in conjunction with the development of Detroit, I think that we can all agree that obviously. Quantic Dream's workplace dynamic needs to change, should that affect any reception of the product that they created? I don't know. In my mind, I'm not sure if it should. And because we can do things about the workplace environment without affecting the game, I guess I see them as kind of independent things. Mm -hmm. So, I think when David Cage you know that quote where it's like I've worked with Ellen Page I've worked with Jesse Williams no I don't think that quote should mean anything
0: because I mean especially especially like yes I worked with this person who criticized me for being bad at the thing that she does yes
1: I mean there was a lot of stuff <laughs> like, not going great... on between David Cage and Ellen Page is what I heard during the development of that mm-hmm. game so you know that's cool but um
0: regardless of what happened they were not buddies no (laughs)
1: um so i i mean i just see it as two completely separate issues whether there is unscrupulous content in a game as opposed to unscrupulous content in a workplace i think those are two very different issues and should be treated as such i guess i'm not sure if that answers the question but I mean, it,
0: it's I, I think it's goes along with talking with the question. I will say that like part of my linking of it back before was because, I mean, he's doing it in the opposite direction. But in the quote, he says, if you're trying to make a judgment on my workplace, you should look to my games as a representation of that. Because he says, judge my work when criticized about his workplace.
1: To be honest, if and you've so, seen interviews with David Cage, like at all... I I have no, I don't really have a lot of respect for David Cage um, based on just his attitude during interviews. And then, of course, there's quotes like that. Like, I just don't really have a lot That's of respect fair. for him at, at all. So a quote like that, although I didn't hear about that quote before initially reading this email, doesn't surprise me one bit.
0: So bringing it bringing it back around to more of the discussion of uh, Detroit specifically, I think is, is another thing um, because that one that game uh, used some very uh, direct civil rights metaphors. Uh, the the basic ba- from my impression, and you can correct me if I'm mm. if I'm wrong on this, but I think this is right. The basic sort of idea of Detroit Become Human is there's robots. They have reached the point that they're, they're androids, so they look like people, and they've reached the point where, like, they've just now reached the point where they've sort of become autonomous and can make decisions for themselves and like gain consciousness, whatever nebulous thing that means. Um, and so like you're playing three different storylines, uh, as characters that are sort out as these robot characters that are going through that transition of society one of the biggest criticisms of the game was that there's some very very heavy-handed civil rights imagery um which wouldn't be necessarily that bad except most people agree that it's the the way i this is a quote that i talked to diana before but i think it it puts it well it's not that he's using a story about robots to say and using robot imagery to say something about civil rights, which you know could be extended to LGBT rights and uh, like feminism too in the modern world, but instead he's using imagery from civil rights movements to say something about what he thinks about robots, and that's just not as strong. And it's all, and some people are uncomfortable with like that idea being used like that, like using a real world thing. To say something about a fictional idea that you have. I don't know. Again, I have not played the game. So this is, this is, this is my impression from seeing people talk about this subject. Um, and I am attempting to voice what I would imagine the perspective of someone like me who hasn't seen the game would have of this whole situation. And then leaving it to you guys, uh, particularly you guys who have seen the game. To tell me if I'm very wrong, or if like what 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 needs to be information that I don't have. I think it's the short version of it. <laughs> but this is where this is where I am right now, based on what little I have seen of the game.
1: Well, Anna, I don't know how far you got in your. It's play like
0: room. very close to the to the end,
2: but it's okay. been a while.
1: Well, I don't know. It's it's weird for sure, and I would agree that the civil rights. Imagery is very predominant in the tail end of the Marcus storyline, and it did, like when I was watching the playthrough that I was watching, that is something that turned me off a bit. Like I just wasn't, I wasn't feeling that part of the game. I didn't, I can't exactly explain to you why, but when I was watching that part of the game, I was like, I'm just not sure this is necessary. Like all of this, like all of this imagery, I'm not sure all of this is necessary. And I get to me
0: to me like it's just just real quick to me it felt like the problem was it was very much based on the clips that I've seen it's very much look at me, I'm topical rather than mm. look this serves the story
1: yeah i I can agree with that I think I can I mean I don't know how long this game has been in development, like if it was just a coincidence or the, or they did it on purpose, but I mean I know that. I think they originally developed the story around Kara because that was where the, that was the original tech demo um, Mm -hmm. was Kara. But I don't know, you know, when the Marcus and the Marcus in particular is really, Connor doesn't really have any of the, when we're talking about the, um, the civil rights imagery, let's just be clear. We are talking pretty much, I think solely about Marcus in my mind. Anyways, I didn't see anything as crazy in, um, Kara or Connor that I would equate to the the stuff I saw in Marcus. And I just I don't know whether it was a coincidence or if David Cage was really doing it on purpose. If David Cage was really doing it on purpose, it would not surprise me in the slightest, because that's a very David Cage move, to be honest. But yeah, I don't think it's inherently bad, I guess. The timing might be a little bit off, but I don't know if that's something at the same time, I don't know if that's something they could control. I'm not sure if they meant it to come across that way and I don't think that's something that we'll ever know but I mean it doesn't really matter what they meant I guess it just matters what came across and I can see why people would be upset about it but I think in the end you just have to realize that it's just like a movie or a book or anything like that it's just someone expressing their opinions albeit possibly incorrectly I guess and go from there I can see why it wouldn't be some people's thing, and it definitely wasn't mine. Like, I don't know. I didn't really think about it from that perspective until you brought it up, so that's definitely interesting to think about.
0: I will say that, based on what I've seen, I think this kind... Because, like, all of the the Quantic Dream games, in terms of, like, gameplay, are like this. They're like these little Mm mini-movies with branching storylines, and you do quick-time events... Um And not always quick time Like they like say quick time Event but like that's not the, always the same As like oh this like you have two seconds to press this Button to cause an outcome sometimes it's choices. just like Make a choice um And then sometimes it is supposed to be a little more reactionary But um I think The games succeed Moment to moment Of like mm. in this moment This choice that you're making is really important And you feel engaged while you're doing that But as soon as you like take a step back and look at The bigger picture of the games and you try to think about what is this game trying to say you know because the whole read anything about the development of these games and they're talking about like a message and like what they're trying to communicate these games are very clearly trying to say something Detroit Beyond Human perhaps most obviously so um but all of the games are trying to say something and it, it seems when you take a step back and you look at like well what am I really doing what am I getting out of this that's where things start to fall apart
1: I guess it's hard to really put a finger on, but I do feel like a lot of it I think you used the term heavy-handed earlier, and I think that was a term I used when we were talking about um, this before the podcast, but I feel like that would be the word that I would use to describe a lot, of the, a lot of the themes that they kind of forced to apply to the Android situation in the game I feel like they may have been trying a little bit too hard to be topical and that may have rubbed people the wrong way, but in on the on the complete other hand, I feel like that's why some people did really enjoy the game because they saw our world in that game, albeit slightly different, and saw the same issues and maybe somebody trying to make that world a better place. But I feel like those people are few and far between.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I I would I will clarify because I've probably been the most negative toward this game out of the three of us. Um, and again, I will also say again, I haven't played this game. I have read a lot about it because the idea of the game interests me, but actually like seeing anything from the game, I, I do not enjoy it at all. But I will say that if you enjoyed this game and like, it, there's always a general thing. Like if you like this game, I, you're allowed to like it and you're not a bad person for liking it. But I want to also say, cause we're kind of twisting this up in like, yeah, the, there's, the, there's all these social issues twisted up in it. Like, I mean, intentionally like that was with detroit become human that was the whole point um i want to say that like if you got anything like out of this game like if this if this game had a moment that really spoke to you about an issue like this i'm not saying that that is invalid i i'm sure that there are moments in the game that are like that and so like that's there and like if that's something that means a lot to you and you enjoyed this game because of that totally fair i'm not criticizing i'm not criticizing the fact that this game is topical i think making topical games is important what I'm saying is based on what I have seen, this game was made as being topical first and saying something meaningful and um about the topic that they're trying to be topical about was sort of secondary. So they may still have done it, but like the main thing first and foremost was let's make sure everyone knows that we're talking about this social issue and also incorporating it into this story about robots in a way that doesn't work. Like, one of the big things that I heard someone talk about, and again, that's most of what I know about this game is what other people have talked mm-hmm. about, is, like, there's this really, there's opportunity set up where, you know, the, these robot androids are, are like, in the workplace now. Like, they they have jobs and stuff. And, like, there's this setup for uh, the robots are taking our jobs. Yeah. Sort of plot line that isn't really, like, explored.
1: It's present.
0: Right, that's what I mean. Like, it's present, but it's not really explored at all.
1: Yeah, basically. That's true.
0: And that's a much stronger... Like, the fact that they put it in the game, but didn't realize that it it would be a really strong narrative tool, I think, speaks to the idea that they were thinking topical first, story second. Because there's, first of all, there's that kind of parallel with the social climate right now of like you know low income workers and like every everything that affects that there's lots of different like angles on that that i don't want to get into because yeah. this is a video games podcast and i'm not a social person i i do physics i so, like, that's not my forte. i'm not good at i don't i don't know things about that so i don't want to like try to say anything particular about that but there's also i do know as a person who does like physics engineering or robotics that there is this also strong like robots are taking low-income jobs from people and when those robots you know are doing deliveries and stuff then what's going to happen to the people who have those jobs so like there's this like very clear like connection that would work really well and they don't use it because it's not as flashy as putting robots in the back of a bus like in yeah. the 1960s okay can
1: i just say i think you perfectly just summed it up with it seems like it was developed as topical first, story second. Mm-hmm. I think that's perfect. Like, that really puts a ribbon on it nicely in my mind. I completely agree with that. But what I will say, that Connor is the best character ever. <laughs> I love Connor.
0: And I have also heard that Connor's storyline is the best of the three storylines, which is I fair. Just like
1: oh. Connor. He's really cute. <laughs> <laughs> and he's precious.
0: <laughs> i just want him to be happy
1: and loved
0: so I, I we've talked about this a lot i think it's time to move on to um why don't we talk about the video games that we've been playing cool. in recent times <laughs> that's a let's let's bring let's bring let's just all take a deep breath <sighs> relax <laughs> let all of the controversial social issues that we've been talking about just flow out of us that we had that time, it was a good time, it was an important time, but now let's just bring back and talk about Video's Game.
1: Video's Game.
0: Video's, video's Game. game. Uh, Anna, you are playing Octopath Traveler right now. Currently. Have you been playing anything else? Yes, I said right now. Currently. In this very moment, you are playing Octopath Traveler. What else have you been playing, if anything?
2: All right, uh, Nothing. This is actually the only I've been playing lately. Um, this past weekend, I went to visit a friend and we she uh downloaded a cat cafe uh app on her phone. And that's another thing I've been playing. But, wow, that that's sounds about cool. it. but yeah, Octopath is pretty much the only thing I've been doing. Um it's really good. And um if I get bored of it I'll probably go and play. Uh Stardew Valley, uh the multiplayer <gasps> officially came out I think today for, It did. Uh, yeah, it's not in beta
0: anymore. It's, yeah, it's real. Which like so didn't really change much I for would... me. <laughs>
2: I would really, really like it um, if it would come out for Switch soon.
1: Oh my god, me
2: Because I, really like I really, really love all the updates they did, and I would really like to get back into playing it on my Switch again, because it's a lot more convenient on the
0: Switch for me. Anna, do you know, I will also say that I've been playing a lot of Stardew Valley, which you've heard me talk about it on the podcast before, audience, but like multiplayer Stardew Valley is a lot of fun. Have they added anything in the new update? Like, the official, because before, multiplayer has been out, but you had to, like, do an optional beta, so you had to sort of opt into yeah. this beta. Um And this is the official release. Is, are they adding anything else in this, like, full update? Or is it just, like, the beta has been made live to everyone I and everybody's games are being updated?
2: Like, I haven't read anything yet. I've just seen uh some posts about it. But um I think so far the beta has just become like available for everyone. Like it's Yeah, yeah so it's that still. includes
1: all of the single player stuff. Yeah, all the
2: uh, Yeah.
1: But I think that's everything.
0: Yeah. I read okay.
1: some stuff on it a bit earlier and that was the sense that I got as well.
0: Um uh me, I've you know, I've been playing Stardew Valley because it's a lot of fun to play with friends. I've also been playing um I played through uh Steven Universe Save the Light recently I I beat that game uh that was fun I'm very glad. the 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 biggest issue with it is that it's buggy
1: mm, it's a little bit it? buggy
0: no. um the game will freeze sometimes and I was lucky enough that it would always like freeze in a way that I could still pause the game and like reset it and just go back to the most recent save and also thankfully most of the time those saves were um not that far back <laughs> so it it worked out for me okay but there were a couple of times where like two and i think it's like you know two animations try to play at the same time and then like they just don't stop because they're like stuck in a loop and so you can't like select any new attacks and so you, you can't you can't you know do the fight anymore so you have to exit out and quit so that's the biggest issue with the game but like in terms of it like first of all is like a perfect replica of like the sho- the style of the show in the sense that like you're playing this game it's like yeah this just this feels like the perfect transition of Steven Universe into a video game like it's i mean part of it is because like the game's plot was written by Rebecca Sugar the person who writes Steven Universe so like it was worked very closely it's very clear, and I—I I, this is something that I hadn't thought about, but like realize now that like the people who are making the licensed TV show video games now are people who played video games before. Like it's not just it's not just people who are like oh kids like video games let's make a video game. It's like the ideas that the people behind Steven Universe had for this video game that were then put through to the company, there's clear allusions to Chrono Trigger and uh, the Mario RPG games, like the handheld ones. Oh, wow. Like there's a lot of like, not like story illusions, but like mechanics yeah, like me- taken yeah. from that. And like very clearly, like we liked this thing for this game. Let's, let's bring it out that. So like, in, Mario, in the Mario RPG games, you get badges, which are, like, these little items that you can equip that give your character, basically, some kind of special ability, and you can change that. And the Steven Universe saved the light. It's like, okay, well, what if you could get to a point where you level up enough and you can give your character two badges? So that was, and so now you got two abilities, and it's, and then you've also got, like, you've got the thing where you can, like hit enemies before uh it's sort of like i think this like went from earthbound to other games where like earthbound it was like depending on if you hit came at an enemy from behind or in front uh-huh. like that changed like whether you were at advantage or disadvantage and then that sort of turned into like attacking the opponent and the opponent in the overworld in some way which then translates to some damage in the first round of combat stuff like that is is in this game too and so like it's got all of this like it's using the framework of all of these other RPGs in a way that is like very clearly like understanding video games and not just oh kids like video games so let's just make a video game it's look at this it's Bobby Magoo and he can jump in a video game we did it everyone <laughs> that's our that's our licensed video game um so if, if all it really needed was a bit more technical polish, bringing it together. There's there's a couple of weird design choices. Like there's one character that can lift metal things, and if you drop, depending on from how high you drop the metal thing, the like game screen shakes. But like if you do it from like not really that high, and some. Like, some heights, that like, you have to do. Like, it's not me just messing around trying to break the game. Like, this is, like, what you have to do to advance. It'll, like, shake the screen, like, wildly for a solid, like, five seconds. And you're like, please stop. <laughs> I get it. It fell. Please stop shaking the screen. <laughs> so there's just little technical things like that. Like, glitches falling out that, like, I feel like if they made a third one, and they could use... Because I think this company was coming from mostly a history of mobile games. And so I think part of that was just, like, growing pains. They were a little out of their depth. Yeah. They included a lot of content. I think that if they were to make, a, like, a third one... Because they made a mobile game. Jetty reviewed it. Um, they made a mobile game that was very much in this style. But, like, the console one has expanded uh, a lot. If they made, like, a third one, I think it would... If they could get that technical, like, you know, keep it from glitching as much it would be really, really solid. There's lots of other things I could say about it, but I've been talking for a long time. So let's go to Diana. We haven't heard any video games that you've been playing for a while, so why don't you give us all the details?
1: (laughs) Ah, well, let's see. What have I been playing? Obviously, Octopath um, for the past couple days. Mm -hmm. Uh, While I was in Japan, actually, uh, my best friend, Noelle, that I went with, got me back into Tomodachi life. So... (laughs) We were playing Tomodachi Life pretty much the entire time that we were in Japan. Um, it was bad. Things happened. Um, by the way, Anna, you and uh Paul are still dating.
2: Oh no.
1: Uh and uh Joe, I think you got a girlfriend, but she broke up with you. Um
0: Aww.
1: It was it was sad. Um but yeah, so Tomodachi Life. I've been playing that again. Super fun. Um, and then mostly I've just been gearing up for um the Xenoblade expansion, to be released in, like, two months. A month now, maybe?
0: Is that, like, a DLC thing, or...? Yeah.
1: It's a story expansion that is going to be released in September, but they just dropped a new expansion pack, like, last night, and I didn't know anything about it until I, it, like, downloaded the data, and it was, like, successfully updated Xenoblade, and I was like, excuse me? Like, (laughs) so I gotta get on that tonight, probably.
0: Which... Which Xenoblade is this for? Two. Two, okay. Yeah.
1: So, uh, I gotta get on that tonight, I guess. And I um bought, uh, started and finished Odyssey on my Japan flights. Is,
0: is it a very good video it game? It is a
1: very good video game. I like it a lot. I knew it! Uh, I'm gonna, it's I'm, very good. I'm obviously, of course, going to 100% complete it, but I haven't gotten around to it yet. I like it a lot. It was a lot of fun. It's obvious that some parts of it were meant to be played with the uh, controller separated from the Switch, which proved a bit of a problem when I was playing it on a yeah. plane.
0: Yeah, that it, it, some of the motion controls don't work super well yeah. when you have to, like, because, like, one of the big things is, like, like shaking the yep. controller yeah. to, like, move the hat, which, like, you can, I think you can press, I don't know, maybe, you can, I don't remember if you can, if there's a way to do it without motion controls. You can, like, controls.
1: press Y or something, but it doesn't work as well.
0: Yeah. But yeah, it doesn't work as well. It's very clearly like designed for you to do that. And it's really helpful if you can do that. But like, it feels so bad. Like you're like, I don't want to shake this whole switch like I know I was like,
1: I was like, trying to like shake the switch like on the plane, like quietly because my friends were sleeping. And then I look over and they're both like looking at me like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm sorry. (laughs)
0: <laughs> there's, uh, there's, a, there's a cockroach sorry there's just a cockroach in make this, this uh, I'm just, um, just trying to get it out
1: <laughs> but yeah that was I think that's about all I've been playing recently I've started playing Fire Emblem Warriors again too just because I got not tired of Octopath Traveler but I just felt like I needed to beat some things up a break Yeah. like burned out I, just, I needed to like have an easy time destroying a bunch of enemies so I was like Fire Emblem Warriors will do that for me so I put that back in the other day.
0: That's the cell phone one, right?
1: Uh, no, it's the, uh, Switch one.
0: That's Heroes, which I have also been playing, to be fair. The Dynasty Warriors.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, I have my mobile games, but, uh, they need to update the Harry Potter game before I lose my mind.
2: They deleted all of my progress, so I had to stop (gasps) playing it. I was like, oh. How dare
1: they?
2: Yeah, and I... (laughs) Okay, so my entire article about, uh, mobile games and losing money on them that was mostly about the harry potter game <laughs> if I'm honest.
1: it's a great game kind yeah, of pretty,
2: yeah it's pretty good and it's it's just
1: even if the storylines are a bit predictable and dumbledore gives you five million points at the end to make sure your house wins the house cup yeah every year no, it's
2: uh it's um it's a mobile game nothing like Pottermore. but yeah. that'd be cool
1: um i like it a lot it is fun but, and I'm yeah. still, of course, playing um, Animal Crossing, Pocket Camp, and my beautiful dress-up queen game. Uh, those I were difficult to keep up with while I was in Japan, but I, I did it. I think that's it. And Danganronpa on on my channel, but which uh, someone I, I think it was John maybe on the first episode immediately called me out for doing it at the same time as Game Cola is doing it, and I'm like, look, this wasn't. It was planned. But the Game Cola one was not planned. So y'all can just not.
0: It was separately planned.
1: Yeah, I was like, excuse you, I've been planning doing Dang and Rampa for like at least five months. So no. <laughs> Don't do this to me.
0: <laughs> it's too bad that people can only watch one and can't watch That's what two I said. I was like, video what, game. what's going to stop just, people it's from unfortunate, watching both? That that's impossible. It's too bad. It's really Well, is I think too I'm bad. ahead of
1: them right now anyways, so whatever. I
0: think I think on that note, maybe we should <laughs> wrap things up. D- Diana's getting a little crabby, so maybe we should wrap I'm things
1: angry. up. I'm hangry. Okay. <laughs> Haven't <laughs> eaten yet.
0: <laughs> um, so thank you for listening to this edition of the Game Cola podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to check us out on our actual internet website, gamecola.net um for articles reviews news um other podcasts uh all sorts of things on our actual internet website that you can look at with your own two eyeballs pretty sweet if you're interested in more video content you could check out the gamecola youtube channel gc.net the letter g the letter c the word dot the word net um you can find playthroughs like danganropa uh you can also find is Valhalla still happening? Did that finish yet? I, I never don't know if think
2: it finished. finished. Uh cam been doing some stuff, so I don't know what's going on.
0: So I mean it's I mean most of the playthrough is there. Yeah. So like you can watch it. Um but I think that's still ongoing and other other video stuff, I think the lot li- I'm gonna once I get this podcast done, I'm gonna start working on posting the VODs of the uh year end Stravaganza live stream. Uh, start working on getting those posted to the channel, too. So, live stream highlights are also there. Uh, Aside from that, we also have... You can also contact us on social media, right, Anna?
2: You talk... Yeah, talk to us. Um, We have Facebook and Twitter. Uh, We also might have some fun stuff happening to do more talking to us uh, later. I don't know if that's going to be announced uh, before or after this podcast goes up, so be on the lookout, I guess. Unless it's already happened, then uh, yay. Then do it. But... (laughs) And do the thing. But uh, yeah, we are
0: GameCola on Facebook and we are at GameCola on Twitter. And if you want to tweet questions about to us um, for the podcast, you can use the hashtag that I actually researched this time and made sure that nobody else is taking. (laughs) Yes. So um, the hashtag the GCPC. So hashtag the (laughs) GCPC, which sounds really cool to say. So I like it. The G C P C. Hashtag <laughs> the G C P C Um I'm gonna say it a lot of times get cemented awesome. in your head. So oh, if you want to ask terrible. us questions to read on the podcast, uh you can use the hashtag the G C P C. You can also email us like uh fans have been doing, which we really appreciate. Mm-hmm and so we'll read your questions out on the podcast you can also just contact us if you want to be like hey i want to know about this thing we don't have to put it in the podcast i just want to you know tweet you what did you think about the new mario and we'll tell you and all
2: opinions will probably be from me or
0: joe <laughs>
1: <laughs> i'll jump in on my own personal twitter
0: <laughs> um also you can find this podcast and other Game Cola podcasts on iTunes. Just search for game Cola. you'll find us. If you rate us highly, that helps us out a lot. Another thing that helps us out a lot is telling your friends about um Game Cola podcasts. We have this one. We also have the uh Game Cola RPG cast. Right now we're doing our Secret of Mana RPG cast with myself playing the Sprite, Anna playing the Whip Lady. <laughs> Harper. Harper. I don't know, like, what do you... She's a I know, badass like, and she is ripped her, as hell. I know you call her Harper, like, that's her yes, name and her thing. But I don't know, like, the Sprite, the Whip Lady, and uh, James plays Valor, the protagonist with a sword. So that's another uh, podcast that you could talk about with your friends or just listen to. Um, but if you, you can use the podcast app or you can go onto iTunes, listen, rate us highly, leave a comment, and tell your friends about it. Um, it would really help us out a lot. Uh I think I that's everything. I never know if I've said all of the things. um twitchtv gamecole Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Throw that out there too. So, I think I think that's that's all of the things that I'm supposed to say in this show where I and other people say things. So, because that we're out of things to say, it's time to leave. Everybody, have a good time of day, wherever it is you are, whenever it is you are listening to this particular podcast, and we will see you next month. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. 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 game cola faithful and welcome to the game cola podcast this is podcast number one The i'm gonna start over because that was a bad that was a bad idea. no that was perfect keep going yeah was,
2: that
1: was great